0: Turnabout. We fi- we fixed our smiles and drank the milk she poured, frothy and cow warm, into plastic mugs, though he had not drunk milk for years, and I would not touch it, not even on cereal. We thanked the dear old lady for the refreshment, though the cake was stale and it was too late for coffee. Coffee is never good, room cool. And we meant it, every word. With nonchalance, we forked the greasy sausages as though we ate them daily knowing they contained snout, tail, ears, offal. We'd eaten only hours before. And then at our table Thanksgiving Day, as we passed the sweet potatoes, the guest said, Is this pumpkin? Because I never eat pumpkin. When he offered stuffing, he shook his head. A proud petitioner Hostel came to our little mission church for several months, always late and always with fanfare. He shook all the men's hands before sitting himself noisily, folded and refolded the squeakiest of all leather coats, fumbled with scarf and gloves and fur hat and made sure he had a Sunday school book and Bible from those provided. Only then were we free to resume Sunday school, sort of because Costell had the answer to every question and he had inserts for the sermon too. Afterward, he dominated the conversation, smoothing his navy sweater over his round stomach. He was well-dressed and well-fed, so it surprised us when he began hinting about financial aid. "'I have epilepsy,' he explained. "With a seizure, "'When a seizure hits me, I'm like a child and can't help myself. Three other churches have kicked me out because I disrupt their services.' They didn't help me with money either. Not at all. (coughs) We clucked sympathetically as we filed out into the cold, but unsure what, if anything, he was asking for. We gave no promises. The next Sunday, he brought documents, medical reports proving he had epilepsy and various other health problems. Again, he led the conversation toward our church's humanitarian foundation, pompously stressing that we didn't have to help him. He just thought he'd suggest it as a fellow Christian. What exactly are you asking for, Lee asked, but Costell refused to say. You understand, he said. I have no way of holding down a job, no family and no church to turn to, but it's up to you if only you can. As he finished speaking, he watched as expectantly his plump, clean-shaven face like a petulant toddler's. He's too proud to say what he wants, Lee said later. Costell gave me these papers and said they would help us decide. He held up a handful of documents. But decide what? The papers tell me what's wrong with him, not what he needs. Does he want medication, money, a plane ticket? Our Romanian friend said he probably wanted the foundation to set him up with a monthly allowance, a discreet one, so he could keep his ego intact. Christian Service International was set up to help institutions, not individuals. Our foundation description did not include a clause pertaining to individual allowances. Besides, there were thousands of Romanians more needy than Costel. Romanians are resourceful. We had learned that. When someone asked for money on a personal level, it often worked to offer them a portion of the amount, maybe even a very small part. Usually they were grateful for the help and had a dozen ideas how to get the rest. Costell kept coming to church, kept hinting about helps. At last, with some prodding, he said the main thing he needed was assistance getting to a special hospital five hours away. We asked questions. We had to. The money he requested wasn't ours to give. We found out Costell could ride the train for free because of his handicap, but he couldn't go alone, also because of his handicap. CSI made him an offer. We'd pay for our Romanian friend to accompany him to the hospital by train. Costell bristled. But the train takes too long. I don't have time for that. We use the train when we can, Lee said. It is the most economical mode of travel. Roads are bad over the mountains and the gas price is high right now. With a huff, Costell shook his head like a thwarted child. "'I have someone who will take me. "'All he needs is gas money.'" CSI discussed it again. The Foundation wasn't in the habit of blindly handing out money, so they came up with another option. "'We've decided to help you,' Lee told Costell on the phone that night. "'We'll pay the gas for your trip, "'but our Foundation wants us to give the money directly to the driver. "'We'll meet you on your way out of town.'" But, but, Costell sputtered, we leave at five in the morning. That's okay, Lee said. I'll come down and meet you on the street at five. That lit the tinder. You'll come down at five? Are you crazy? That doesn't agree with me at all. Costell ranted. So we didn't trust him. We wanted to meet the driver so badly that we'd get up at five in the morning. Well, then he wouldn't take our money. The Bible says to give without conditions. If we were Going to put conditions on it. Then he didn't want our help. That's your decision. Lee stood firm. We agreed to help you and we will, but it's up to you again. We didn't see Costell again. Our friends reminded us of the Romanian expression, poor but with airs. Costell demanded conditions, but we were to give blindly and without question. To catch a Bible thief. One spring, a young man attended services in our rented church room. Livio dressed well and carried a shiny leather Bible. After attending a few months, he requested membership. About that same time, Livio acquired strange bathroom habits. We kept our stash of extra books and Bibles in cardboard boxes in the church restroom. Yes, a rather strange spot, but our hospital supplies, church chairs, and pulpit filled the main room, and there was plenty of shelving in the bathroom. Livio began coming late and beelining to the restroom. Long minutes passed. The stool never flushed. No water ran. Then began the Bible parade. One day he came in with a new Bible on top of his usual one, a little red one like mine. Just like the freebies from the Bible League in Bucharest, The others, the ones kept in the bathroom. When he left, I noticed a copy of Principles of Faith rolled up in his coat pocket, but I assumed Lee had given it to him. He hadn't, and later we found a big hole torn in the cardboard box of Bibles with one volume plainly missing. We gave, a, we gave out Bibles sparingly. The Bible League limited our amount, and former missionaries had caught people reselling them, and we certainly didn't want, liked them stolen. <clears throat> "'We taped the box securely closed "'so that our thief would realize we were on to him. "'The next Sunday, Levio went into the restroom "'halfway through the service. "'When we came back, he had his red Bible again, "'or was it a different red Bible, a new one? "'After services, Lee took another visitor home, "'so it was all up to me. "'I tailed our suspect into the entry "'and caught him with a whole stack of Bibles. "'Where did you find these?' I asked politely.' On a chair, he whispered. Did his voice shake guiltily? Silently, I held out my hand. Silently, he handed over the stolen loot. An outdated English Sunday school book, an English copy of This Is My Heritage, and a Romanian Bible study book, and scuttled out the door. Of course, I checked the box on the restroom shelf. Our tape held firm, but Livio had ripped a new hole directly underneath it and, sure enough, pulled out a second red Bible. Stealing Bibles is an oxymoron, I told Lee. And what does he do with those books? He speaks zero English. Lee had other concerns. It's not that we begrudge him Christian literature, but if he so blatantly steals that, what else is he capable of? The next Sunday Livio came late again so stealthily that nobody heard him until he escounced himself in, you guessed it, the restroom. I couldn't concentrate on Sunday school. My ears strained for the sound of ripping cardboard. The Bible thief's daring was growing. This time he came out with our biggest, hardest to come by, hardcover, large letter Bible. He laid it on the chair next to him and gazed fondly at it throughout the service. Afterward, we confronted him kindly but firmly like caring parents. Why was he helping himself to Christian literature? He denied it. "'We told him we weren't blind. "'We just wanted to know why he wanted them. "'Was he giving them away?' "'He denied it all in a shaky whisper "'and handed back the new Bible. "'As we shepherded him out the door, "'he waved a merry goodbye as though naught had occurred. "'I had always longed to be a detective, "'but the reality was weird and unfilling. "'We caught us a Bible thief, but there was no pleasure in it. "'We never did understand his motives.' Livio attended services for a few more months and then found another church from which to, presumably, acquire spiritual literature. He never returned the books, so that means they're still out there somewhere. Perhaps he sold them or gave them away. Maybe we sowed the seed in an unplanned way that spring. Perhaps the stolen word fell on fertile soil. God works in mysterious ways.